G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. This is Dale. And I'm Mike. And welcome to uh, the last of our song review and rankings of Eurovision 2020. We're into the top five, Michael, aren't we? The pointy end. This is where we're talking about some of the ones I think probably could have won. So in case you missed it, we've been going through all the songs from 40th, 41st down to 1st, actually, including Australia in the, 40, in the 41. That is correct. And we've gone out to the Aussie Vision team, so it's not just us ranking. And we've all ranked 1st to 41st in the traditional jury way of Eurovision, which always throws up some interesting results rather than the 12 to 1 point system. Exactly. So we always, I mean, it's great to have a big team and the guys have done really, really well with the ranking and their comments. We'll hear quite a few comments in this episode, but uh, always interesting to see what a group of people come up with. I know, and how wrong they are compared to (laughs) what I think. Okay, well, let's... Let's start. What have we got for... What, what's, what's going on? Oh, let's talk about number five. Well, Switzerland, Rapondemoi, Gijon's Tears, Dale. This was uh, quite the favourite with a lot of fans. What do you think of this one? I'm not surprised to see it in our top five, even though this isn't really traditionally what you think Australians would go for with a song. But I think for a lot of members in our team, particularly some of the younger ones, uh, it really resonates with them. Mm. And it does have something very special about it. I think for me... It, it does, like, this is what France should be sending, and Switzerland have out-Frenched the French. God, don't rip off the scabs of France, Dale. But it feels very genuine to him, and I like that there's multiple languages involved mm. as well. Um, I, I think it's it's very artistic, and it's very um, personal, and I love his voice, and it's so unique. And the one thing about this song is you will not forget it at the end of the night. Whether you'll like it or not, I think it is divisive. Hmm. That's one thing. And whether or not everything comes across in language or not. But I think you will remember it. And if you love it, you'll really love this song. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm, I'm going to admit my initial reaction to this wasn't good. I, I have remember. to. Yeah. <laughs> look, I found the whole thing a little bit pretentious, dare I say. And also, it was just too sad boy. I mean, we've dialed up the sad boy to about 11 here. And to be honest, I thought this year's competition was moving away from that. But look, I've, I've kind of turned, Dale. I have turned. I've really come to appreciate... Not for the first time in your life. <laughs> I really come to appreciate this more. I mean, it's vocally arresting, like what he does in the studio whenever you hear him sing this live. It's it's kind of jaw-dropping. Um it was a challenge, and he rises to that challenge brilliantly and in the multiple languages, which I think is really important as well. It is. And really, really good. So what was what was it that put you off in the first place? Was it the video, the artisticness of it? Because it is, look, it is a bit over the top. It's like a, a film festival. It's kind like of, a you uni- The fin at the mm, end. God, exactly. Thing. It's like a uni art projector, <laughs> um, <laughs> to be more honest. No, I mean, I've realized I'm somebody who clings to melody about songs. And this didn't have anything I could really cling to. It's not a pop song. No, no. and nothing on first listen that I could go, oh, wow, there's a hook I can get into mm, or anything like mm. that. So, therefore, I just felt it just was this sort of yelling into the ether that really did nothing for me. 
Yeah. Um, I will say, though, wonderful atmospheric production in this. It really, really is lovely. That gives it an expensive feel. Mm. When I went, this is this is some things I've learned to appreciate about it because oh, wow. I've listened okay. to it at so many bloody times, <laughs> and it does give it that feel. And um, yeah, there's some there is something, and there is something within him, the artist, where I didn't connect with earlier, which I'm connecting with now. Yeah, you, that unique factor, and you need it in Eurovision, and I think it would have been about how well they did that staging. Yes, for people to be present, for people not to not to walk away and get a cup of tea or a mojito, uh, and be in that moment of the song and appreciate it. And if he, they could have done that with the staging, it could have done very well. But how do you stage this? I think that was a massive challenge for them. Um, how do you? Because if it was just man with light and smoke in background, boring, and also a little similar to something we've heard previously, mm. um, yeah, I just thought the challenges were really there. So let's see why this came fifth. Where did this end up with the team itself? So, obviously in fifth place, but we had a first to 40th, Michael. Mm, 40th. 40th. That wasn't me, people. <laughs> Six people put of oh, the 11 put it in the top 10. Of those who did put it in the top 10, all of them put it in the top four. Okay. So you either really loved it and it was in your top four, or it wasn't even in your 10. And that 50-50 split is quite evident there. We're going to hear from the two people who put it in first place. We have Aaron, and then we have Liv. I never expected something this good from Switzerland, ever. I stopped listening everything to listen to Répondez Moi, and John's vocals give me tears. This does much of what I want a great Eurovision song to do. It has a very well put together instrumental, which holds John's vocals um, nice and up high, impactful lyrics, and an impressive structure. The build in this is really amazing, and I could only see good things for this in Rotterdam. C'est magnifique, deux points à la Suisse, Merci beaucoup. For me, these songs that aren't in English really stand to the test when you still understand that feeling that they're going for. You still feel like you understand the song despite the fact that you have no idea what they're singing. You know, the lyrics, no fake words, answer me, I give up, answer me. It's powerful. He is asking the universal questions but knows the reality that you're not going to get an answer to it and that loss and despair that he has, you just you feel it. And um, his vocal is incredible, powerful, crystal, lovely. We have heard him do it live. He can do this song. It would have that would not have been a question. You know, this song is so atmospheric. I can imagine maybe snow or rain somehow being incorporated into the performance, and it being just beautiful. Um, the only question I have that actually really makes me think that this couldn't have won was is it is it too close to Duncan is it just just a little bit too quiet and loud and powerful at sections I mean that was what Arcade did really well and this song does incorporate some elements that can be this crossover and I think Europe always has a bit of an aversion to picking anything that's too similar to the previous year's winner so a couple of number ones from the team there, Aaron and Liv. Look, it seems to me like Aaron really got the emotion from the song, and maybe that's what I was missing at the start. And Liv, I think some really great point, transcends language and he gets that emotion across. Mm. No, very true. Really interesting insights there. On the downside, um, we had uh, Ali who had it in 40th place, and she just really did not get this song whatsoever. Dull, boring wasn't what she's after doesn't listen to the song so that's um mm -hmm. was a no for her she was the one who put in 40th Ooh. 
So, I mean, you, you, she's obviously had a very strong reaction to have it that low down. Steve had in 24th. Um, he said, look, it's just too similar to Arcade, um, something that Liv said there as well. And something which I probably would say as well. Um, with many elements of the chorus very reminiscent of Duncan's winning entry, he says he doesn't like the trend of recently of there's always being a bit of a copy of the last year's winner coming through. And he really kind of feels like it's not original when you do that. So he still likes it to a point. Obviously, it's 24th, but he really is put off by the fact it's a copy in his mind. Okay, I guess we should go to our rap and ranks here, Dale. Look, I'm going to agree with some of those comments. I, I know this was talked about as a potential winner, but I just think it was too similar to Arcade, and history suggests that you don't double up when it comes to those when it comes to winning songs. I still think this would have done very, very well, particularly something that um, appeals to juries, maybe depending on what the... What about um, you, though? Yeah, look, I've at the time of ranking, 22nd, for me, wow. um, I would say that this is a little higher now, now that I've learned to cope with it. <laughs> I think the more you hear this, the more you appreciate it. Mm. And I, but I think it comes down to that first kind of visceral gut instinct about a song like this, because I do think it divides. I think when I watch the live, I like a lot of his elements because he's really powerful in his singing, but also some of those little moments, that high night, high note, and then the fact that he just kind of just traps his voice in that way and just closes his mouth and like like a frog <laughs> and it doesn't work as well live like there is these little elements that i just find from the studio to the live just didn't really sit with me overall though really solid entry it could have gone up it could have gone down based on that live and it's 16th for me mm. very solid i like a lot of it i've learned to like it more but at the time it didn't grab me like it has grabbed these other people yeah, certainly grabbed the team, didn't it? Finishing in fifth, and I can understand that. All right, let's move on. This is number four. Well, that is Iceland. Think About Things by Duffy Freya and Gangnam Meredith. Well what done. You, yeah, I just kind of dribbled out the last bit. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about this one, Dale? Well, I'm surprised to see it in fourth place, to be honest. Like, I mean, it's pretty much winning every poll that's out there. And mm. this is right up the alley of Australians. And to be honest, our team in a way, because it's kind of got that quirky young thing but it's also got this kind of throwback with a bit of 80 synth in there as well to a point maybe not huge amount but there's something there i really like this song it has a killer chorus and a hook there the performance itself is so 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 unique and different and yes anyone who's seen it in 2017 it won't feel unique but for the audiences out there they would have never seen this before mm -hmm. we had many arguments in 2017 that i think this <laughs> even though i love svala this would have been they he would have been better to go because people would have loved the kitsch and the dorky geeky great kind of music that comes with it um it's very self-aware like it's a really good song but also self-aware of what it's doing and its place in Eurovision and what it has to do with Eurovision while still doing a really good song. There's a nod and a wink as it also does a really, really, really good performance. I love, I, I actually really love this song. Not at the top of the pile for me, we'll get to rankings later, 
but such a good entry from Iceland, and it was definitely a big contender to take out the title. Surprise, it's fourth for us. Okay, yeah, I'm a little surprised it's fourth. I probably expect a little higher. Um, I'm going to say initially, and I haven't even written this down, this has just come into my head, there's something I like about all the elements but I don't love about all the elements. I think this is better in the sum of its parts than it is the song is okay. The performance is okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but when you put them all together, the whole package actually does come together and the sum of its parts are better. True. Look, I didn't like this initially through the national final process only because I had seen this whole shtick done before. I agree on that one. And I will say normally people haven't when yeah, they watch exactly. it so that's that's different but i do love the inspiration behind the song and behind the lyrics i think it's very sweet isn't it yeah it is so sweet and and something that probably people think about in their heads but never talk about mm. and also i think it straddles the line between retro and pastiche really really well because it it doesn't sound awful and dated even though all those inspirations have been brought in from the past including the dancing etc look the performance, I think, lends well to Televote, but I think this also had an incredible amount of jury as well, which made it a massive, massive threat. Totally you know, agree. That, and again, mm. it's the sum of its parts that come together. I think that really, really works. Um, yeah, I mean, they're all the positive things. Do you want me to say something? And maybe I wouldn't send. I would not send him back next year. This is a one-trick pony song. Um, I'm sorry if he brings something next year. It's always going to be compared back to this and i don't know unless it's it's only going to be compared back to this in the fandom because i feel like we already did this with 2017 we compared it to him but everyone out there is really not going to come across this song mm, like i think jury members million, and stuff would you know what i mean like if he came back and tried to do something of a similar ilk he is a one-trick pony i get you. this yeah. is a one-trick pony song yeah. and unfortunately i think iceland in the current situation, missed a really fantastic opportunity to possibly take the crown. Well, look, the song itself, though, for this year, it obviously won over a lot of the team to finish fourth. We've got anywhere from first to 27th spot, so pretty pretty good for the lowest because mm-hmm. it's been a big range this year. Gosh. We don't agree at a lot, I must <laughs> say, as a team, which is great for the diversity of it all. So we have two winners, and we're going to hear from them now about why they love the songs. And we have Emma... And we have Steve. I've loved Darty since he first graced the Son for Captain stage in 2017. And think about things, his entry this year had all the makings of a song that I want to see at Eurovision. 2020 seemed to be the year of the Eurovision mid-song dance routine, and I'm all for it. I found the meaning behind the lyrics fascinating. Who'd have thought you could come up with a dance number about wondering what your baby daughter thinks about? Add to this the 80s new wave sound, geeky game costumes awkward dance routine, oversized instruments with the wind machine thrown in for good measure, and you have all the ingredients for a potential Eurovision winning song. There's no doubt this would have done well in the televote, and I think juries would have given it some love too. There's no doubt it's a well-written song. Sadly, we will never know if this would have taken the trophy in Rotterdam, but it will remain my favourite song of 2020. Um, Three-word summary, I love this. I could wax really lyrical here, but I'll try to contain myself. Um, it's a boptastic, guitar featuring, awkward dance-inspiring masterpiece of an earworm. It's my song of the national final season, it's my song of Eurovision 2020, and it makes me want to rush out, get a green jumper with a personalised avatar on it, and dance. Yeah, have I mentioned I love it? 
Well, it seems very much like Steve loves every element of the song, which is really, really great to hear. And as I say, that again says to me the package works for him. And Emma, i got to say, I think this is a very Australian reaction to it. It's up, <laughs> it's upbeat, it's fun, it's Eurovision in an inverted commas. Yeah. And that's going to work for a lot of people. Yeah, this is very, very um, Australian. I, I must say, though, for Steve, and we, we're very good friends with Steve, and we've travelled with him a lot to the previous Eurovisions, the, I've never heard him say the word boptastic in my life. <laughs> I've never heard him so enthusiastic to go dancing. And so that's the power of this song. He was gushing. He that's, was gushing. That was Steve I gushing. I've seen, <laughs> heard Steve gush like this over a song before. He loves songs, but he doesn't like want to like break out. So I think there's the power of this. And mm. I think it really transcends like your background or the music you like. I just feel it has a really good broad appeal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the special factor of its, some of its parts. Yep, fair enough, fair enough. What about the team and... The downside? Yeah. Yeah, so on the lower ends, look, we had the 25th and 27th. The guy said he loves everything about this. He li- well, likes actually everything about it. <laughs> but it's just not the style of music he goes for. Fair enough. And in the end, he doesn't go and play it back. It's, he's getting stuff from other songs that he's not getting from this, but he does recognise it's a really good song. And that's a midfield song there. Mm-hmm. For Aaron, look, he likes a cute backstory and he gets it all there, but it's just not his cup of tea as well. Uh, he says to maybe he's a bit behind on getting some trends, but he doesn't connect. And if you don't like this type of music, it's never going to work for you because it exactly it is exactly what it is on the tin. Yeah, totally. But still, even if you don't necessarily love it, it's still coming midfield for them. Mm-hmm. They don't hate it. And I'm kind of going to agree with the boys here. It's ended up in that same sort of situation for me. I don't mind the song. I don't mind it. I realize it's a very good package, but it just doesn't actually click for me. 17th for me. Um, You know, you're part of the reason why this was dragged down. I was dragging it down. And you know me, I'm not good on novelty. Not that I'm saying this is completely novelty. Oh, it's there though. But it's heading towards that kind of thing. It's got one foot in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, 17th for me. Hmm. Well, I love novelty. Oh, <laughs> at least a foot and a knowing wink. I love self-aware songs and self-aware performances. I love the little thing he does in the uh, the performance where he does the wind machine element. It's, it's, it's kind of taking the piss, but kind of not. Because then they go into this great big finish, which again is this kind of like key changey Eurovision element. But they're giving it and they want to win. And... That's something Australians really get. Mm. I think we look at the contest in this kind of like a little bit of a, you know, party novelty thing, but we take it really seriously at the same time. And this song just, it cro- it's on that edge and it gets it just right. It's come in sixth place for me overall. Mm. So a few better there, but it's a really solid entry. I would have had no problem with this winning the contest and I think it probably would have I agree I would have had no problem with this winning because I see the formula that I had and I think it would have worked but yeah not for me nice to see Iceland back they're in the wilderness for a while they got robbed of a win the poor buggers yeah oh well you never know no it's too open we will never ever know no that's true alright well let's move on to our bronze medalist third place Well, 
third place goes to the Mummers with Move from Sweden. Kel surprise, <laughs> we have a Swedish song in an Australian countdown in the top three. Uh, who would have thought, Michael? Well, there's obviously just something that coincides with tasty music between <laughs> Australia and Sweden. Look, I'm going to say it's hard not to respond positively when these ladies perform. We watched Melody Festival and... and, and I don't know if this was the standout song for me, but there was just just a feel-good, lovey package about this whole thing. I've got no issues with the live performance that they performed. The vocals were flawless. And it was a slick performance without being incredible. And look, it's... It's slick and it's nice without being wow. And I think this is where my problem is with with Sweden at the moment. It's all a very safe formula and this fits the formula for Sweden. I mean, thankfully, they're women. I mean, let's celebrate that. Oh, my God, something's different. Celebrate that for a fact. But there's just something that is just lacking a little bit. What really works for me, though, the easily palatable radio friendliness of this screams jury tick, tick, tick. But then we're back in the same Sweden situation we were in the past. I, I kind of agree. On on the, the first visual of the whole thing, I mean, Sweden's been kind of a plastic sausage fest for a few years now. They're getting solid results, but they're not getting that jumping up into where they want to win again. Definitely. Mm. They want that record. They want to get there. This stepped outside the boundary of very different performance. And is again, female, really good. Much more warmth. To the performance, it didn't feel cold. Was it that different though, Dale, apart from three women? Let me finish. (laughs) (laughs) But I think looks can be deceiving on this because I do agree with you because I feel like it's really well produced. It's a really good song and I really respect them and I think they work so hard and I think they're great performers and I love them. The song, I can take it or leave it. Mm. Like I like when it comes on, I don't seek it out, but I would never skip it. I really enjoy it and I like the performance. So on the night, I could see again, jury love, and I can see again, not a lot of televote coming through because I do think it would have been everyone's like 10th favorite song. I mean, how could you not like this kind yeah, of well, thing? It's just so exactly. instantly kind of likable. You know? And this is why in a situation like this with the jury voting that we've done here, it's done well because mm. no one put this first. No one oh, put it second. Wow, we didn't have a first. No one first for Sweden. So, But it was third to 20th. That's a tight range. Exactly. Yep. It says everything about it. Not, we haven't not had that tight range for a song, really, particularly in the top 10. And it just says everyone really respects and likes a song. No one loves, you know, like deeply loves it. There's obviously a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh in here. And it does very well for a jury one, but mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily overall. Anyway, let's listen to the highest rank of this. This is Ali, who gave it third. It's an absolute banger of a song on its own. But the mama's vocals just give the song a whole other level of power, which just adds to the song, and I absolutely love it. I do hope the mamas enter Melfest again next year and are able to deliver a song that's just as good as what they were able to deliver this year. Well, it sounds to me like Ali and in inverted commas got the performance and got the warmth out of it that it, it gives to people, and that's what, what ticked for her, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I can't disagree. Like, I get the warmth from this. I smile every time I watch mm-hmm. this or listen mm-hmm. to this song. I think, and I'm going to start wrapping up now, I think this has that sort of mass international appeal but it just lacks a bit of soul, which is terrible to say for three soul singers. Mm, but somehow mm, mm. there's the clinical Sweden just somehow is still there. 
still there. I still think this would have done very well, but I think it would have been pretty much in the same pocket as they've done for the last three or four years. Great jury vote, not so much public. No, fair enough. Look, on the downside from the other people on the team, the 19th and the 20th, um, Aaron, who put it 19th, said, this is the best Swedish song since Heroes. Even though, I, had, I mean, 19th's not bad. <laughs> They're great vocalists and they sound good. And it would have been good, but there's just other better songs yep. that he has in front of it. Fair enough. Ruby, who had it 20th, she says she loved it. At the start, as times progress, she's found it a bit safe and other songs are just getting up in front of it. Things are grabbing her attention more than move now that other songs are coming into it. Um, but you know what? That soul choir stuff she loves as well. So no one has a really bad word to say it. No. About it, but they don't... No one's losing their mind, and I guess that's where we're at. And coming into kind of almost a rap as well for me on this side is their positives are also their negatives. Mm-hmm. They That little choreography, even though it's quite simple, they have worked so hard to perfect that. That is perfect if you go back and watch it. They're not letting loose and... Like, we're still seeing a very well-rehearsed, well-put-together package, which ends up losing a little bit of the soul from the soul. Mm-hmm. That's all. I heard something, and I think it was Sam Ross, uh, that said that things can be so slick that you can't actually grip them. Mm. And I feel sometimes that's what's happening with Sweden. It's just so polished and it's so lovely that there's nothing to grab hold of. I know. We're just saying they're too perfect, basically. <laughs> it reminds me of, like, and forgive anyone who doesn't watch RuPaul's Drag Race, but if you've got a really good drag queen... They always say, we want to see vulnerability. We need to connect with you. You can't just be perfect mm-hmm. because people don't like perfect. No. <laughs> they want to see you. And I don't think we see Sweden, the soul of Sweden, sometimes come through. We always see amazing performances and amazing songs. And but it's come third, and I don't really yeah, have an exactly. Issue with that. I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I guess they're our we friends. Let's sh- <laughs> be nice. We, <laughs> we love should... you, Sweden. Keep giving us points. <laughs> <laughs> we should admit where we've ranked it. Um, yes. Uh, not for the first time. It's only probably the second time in a few years that um, just outside the top 10 for me on this one, 11th, and I still really enjoy the song and really enjoy the uh, performance that the ladies give, but it's 11th because it's just missing that little bit more for me. Yeah, I think this is a really strong open year, and I think if you didn't have that little X factor, you dropped out of the 10, and there was no harm in coming in this teen area mm. because that's where I swear, I've ranked it <laughs> I really like it I enjoy it I've always felt there was that missing X factor I said it when we did the Melfest stuff mm-hmm. and it's 17th for me that's low wow I'm one of the, yeah I'm one of the lowest but 17th is still a really good um, strong performance would you still stand by that ranking now we did these rankings a few weeks ago would you I think and I said this about Denmark I think they were never going to go down Sweden it was songs that were going to falter perhaps on the night because we knew what they were going to deliver mm. and if other songs didn't do as well they would jump up so they could have easily been 10th if other songs didn't do well with a live performance or the staging was off we knew what we were getting with this and it was good quality and it was always going to do well Fair so enough. respect yep totally. massive respect but just not massive ultra love <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. But well done, Sweden. Another really good solid effort. And I like the the direction they're moving in and the direction Mm. that the Swedish public moved in to vote this to win. Absolutely. And we had Dauter as a runner-up in the national final. Fingers crossed. Keep heading down that road. Different, something different. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little more different than this. Just anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to number two. Don't break me. Don't break me. 
Well, you must be shocked because Australia did not win an Aussie Vision poll. Uh, no, this is the wonderful Montaigne with Don't Break Me for Australia. It's come runner-up, and I can say it's come runner-up on a countback as well. So it had equal points with first place. So, Michael... What do you think? It's only come second, or only come second. It has come second, which is amazing. Only come second. I know. (laughs) Um, Look, I'm going to start straight away. This was my favourite from Australia Decides, uh, straight away, uh, from the studio versions. And I personally, and I know it's a bugbear for a lot of people, I really liked the national performance. You know, that one-shot thing was fantastic. And I loved the commitment from Montaigne to be her. And to, if she wants to have blue hair and a frill neck lizard outfit, go for it. <laughs> Not my problem. But I, I think that keeps her artistry and her aesthetic as genuine. And then when you add it to this indie, very polished indie pop song, mm-hmm. it's not an indie song, mm-hmm. people. It's a very, this is DNA writing this. This is a very polished pop song. It gave her the genuineness that it needed. And this is a really good song. And I, I mean, even if it was in Australia, I'd be rating this very, very highly because I think it's an excellent song. There's enough pop relatability in this as well, I think, to have had an excellent jury score. Mm. Excellent, excellent mm. jury mm. score. Mm. It would have been about perhaps cleaning up the live performance to not alienate people, which what the national final performance did. But this is a massive tick, tick, tick from Australia, I think. It, it, it was a national final song, but it was a little different, and we're showing our evolution with our songs. Well, I remember when we did the national finals and I ranked this you know, fifth place in Australia Decides, which was ridiculous at the time because it was going into the lives. And once yes, the lives came I remember through, that, Dale. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, it was ridiculous. <laughs> but I remember how close it was, remember, at mm-hmm. the same time. And we were going off studios. I was also really familiar with Montaigne's work. And I remember kind of feeling at the time, because I knew Montaigne so well and I was so invested in that, it was like, oh, this feels a bit pop mainstreamy. And at that point, it felt like maybe not a, a positive which is incredibly wrong. So once we got to Australia Sides, tune change, everything, celebrating for her victory in the crowd, the right choice. This was the song to send to Eurovision. And it was the perfect meld of the Australian indie side of things, that Triple J sound, with good pop music by great songwriters. And they merged this together to, to, to produce something that represents Australian music that would have done very well mm-hmm. at Eurovision itself. I think... I don't worry about the national final performance. Yeah, exactly. I think Australia, we go quirky for our national finals because... Because you want to get the vote. you want to win. And yeah. Australians like quirk. So do quirk. So, Look at Kate Miller-Heike last year. She did a completely different thing, but a more stylized quirk with... I mean, not quirk. An amazing theatrical performance with up those polls. They would have... And we're going to get to see it on the SBS, SBS thing. I'm so thankful for that. It's so good because people need to see the the talent and the artistry. And I think... I think the way they did it was so clever with the one thing. But, yeah, look, I think it definitely impacted vocals at times. And exactly. Montana said that Let's herself. not run away from that. No, God, no. You know, no, no. But she's an incredible singer, and they yeah. would have got that right. I had no doubt about it. I really like Montana as an artist. Oh, I, I just think so she good. is so good and so interesting. And I think you're so right on authenticity. You've got to – you've 
she seemed to be really sensible enough, and I think she's more competitive than she lets on. She was a soccer player. She's a little yeah. bit more competitive. <laughs> she knows she just needs to probably take 5% off to be a bit more mainstream to get that good result. You mm. wouldn't go in this otherwise. Yeah. And it's not compromising who you are. It's just going, you're playing to a different crowd, mm-hmm. and you want to perform for this crowd and do a great song. Love the song, modern, contemporary. I'm gushing. Really, really, really good. <laughs> I was really proud of this entry for Australia. I'm glad you mentioned Montaigne herself because I think she is the strongest thing pretty much of this whole package as well, mm. out of a very strong package. Right, okay. Well, let's look at how the team went for it. It was second to 37th. Very low on one person only, really. I want names. I know. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, you're allowed. All right, all right. Don't, let's, don't get all Peter Dutton on me here, Michael. Um, but we're going to look at this. But we didn't have a first, so we had. but we had a second, a third, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a fifth, a seventh, and a ninth. Mm-hmm. We had eight people put it in the top 10 out of yep. the 11. That and says no one everything. First. Okay. No one first, but everyone really, really, really strong on it. Hmm. So we're going to hear from two and two of our um, amazing team members who put so much into it, spent a lot of time for Aussie Vision. You would have heard them before. We're going to hear from Kyriakos, who puts it, put it in second, and Liv, who put it in fourth. I think Don't Break Me had huge potential. Montaigne had come up with an interesting staging for Eurovision that I think would have impressed the televoting public. No matter what those in the Eurovision bubble said about her staging at Australia Decides, Montaigne had come a close second to Casey Donovan and definitely connected with the general public in Australia. I've been a fan of the song from the first listen and I'm hooked. I know the song initially had political overtones, but given these times of self-isolation and social distancing, I think the song would have taken on another meaning as a song of defiance against what we are all currently going through. Had Eurovision 2020 gone ahead, I really think it would have resonated with voters. Got to admit, the moment I heard Don't Break Me, it was my winner for Oz Decides. Probably like a few fans, we we held back a little bit because we were a bit worried it wouldn't deliver on the night, but she went out there, smashed it, had a concept, excellent. The song is genuine, authentic. It has a real message that will resonate with some people. I showed this to a mate of mine who had been through a breakup recently, and she said, wow, I'm really shook by this because she can really relate to that. You know, don't break me. I'm fragile. (laughs) And uh, there's a lot that can be worked with and a lot of staging that they could probably put behind this. Uh, It's a great ambassador for indie music in Australia. I'm worried that she would have sat between that like fifth to 10th favorite song of the night zone for the televote, which sort of doesn't equal a great televote. And I think the juries would have been probably pretty solid, but I, you know, I have a few questions there as to how it would have done. Yeah, great comments. Um, I'll start with Kyriakos first. To be honest, I never, I never really saw the defiant tone in this, but I, now I do. Now that he's mentioned mm. it, there is a defiant tone, even if it is on a personal level or anything. I don't know about the political stuff, but on a personal level, this is a very defiant song. Oh, and I yeah. think she brings that out. I love Liv's uh, comments, as always. And I will agree, it may have fallen into somebody or everybody's fifth or sixth favourite, seventh favourite song. You don't often get a massive uh, jury vote out of, oh, sorry, a uh, tally vote out of that. Yeah, it's you, you never know. You kind of have to see how the cards fall. So on the downside, and you know what, we had a 23rd and a 37th. So on the 23rd was Aaron, and he said, it's a sign of the strength of this year that he has it as low as it is. It was his win for Australia Decides. He loves Montaigne, and she sells it well. Um, but he kind of feels like he goes down 
into other songs that grab him a lot more in the contest than Montaigne itself. So that's fair enough. He's yep. the right winner. And also, he's still putting it into a grand final song, which is ultimately everything we always want to do with Australia is just make that grand final. <laughs> Ali heard at 37th. Um, she, it just did not work for her. She just, it didn't work. She said it was, she was, she didn't want this to win Australia decides she had other favorites and that's okay. Look, the mm-hmm. thing is it's not, or not every song is going to be everyone's cup of tea. She does say, however, she's really glad they've gone with Montaigne for 2021. She thinks that it's definitely the right thing to do after the show was canceled. So hopefully they can bring something that, you know, really floats Ali's boat. <laughs> okay, let's hope so. Let's hope so. All right, let's talk about our personal rankings, Dale. Um, this one for me, I've got it fifth. Um, having said that, I still love this song. <laughs> Every time it comes on, fifth's amazing. Like mm. out of what I think is a very even bunch of songs. Yeah, look, I, I tick, tick, tick. I love everything about this. Maybe not the frill neck thing, but, you know, everything else I loved. Oh yeah, look, I definitely <laughs> wanted there to be a change. To, let's, uh, but not because I necessarily didn't like it. It was more about making sure that people connected with the song because and the song is so good. What I found frustrating is whenever you heard reviews of this, all you heard about was blue hair, makeup, frill. No one talked about the song. No one talked about the song because they were too distracted with a strong aesthetic, I'll call it, mm. fairly polarizing. <laughs> mm. But so just get rid of that. And people can actually listen to what is a really yep. bloody good song. I think we saw the same thing with Kate Miller Heike last mm-hmm. year. Yep. They're obsessed with her wearing uh, the big dress. Kate dress, Kate it's, dress. It's the Estonia dress. when it was oh, nothing like it. God. And we never had the mention of Estonia again in the national, in the <laughs> at Eurovision. <laughs> yeah. And I know we would have had a glow up when it came to Rotterdam. Of no course. doubt about it. Yeah. And when you got down to the song itself, again, really strong song. And I love the way it melds her and pop together, DNA and Montaigne. Uh, that's a hard thing to get right, and they got it right. Um, it's, obviously, I like ranking this fifth because it's come fifth again for me. Ooh. I really, really, really like this. I'm, again, I will say I was really proud to send this. Not that I personally sent it, but <laughs> I'm really proud that we would have been sending this, and I think it would have been a, a solid result, and I can't wait to see what she is going to produce for next year. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they had in store for Rotterdam on the 16th of May. Um, I reckon we could have had a really fantastic performance. Yeah, exactly. Make sure you tune in to SBS's Big Night In, where they're going to do the 40th to 1st countdown, and they're going to show what they had planned for Montaigne in a studio setting. I mean, we're not going to have a Rotterdam stage, but we'll see what it's like. I still think it would be quite eye-catching. Well, here we go. We're down to number one. Here's number one. This is what the Aussie team voted number one. Germany has been the number one voted song. That's Violent Thing by Ben Dolich. Dale, where the hell did Germany come from? I know. <laughs> They've done a Stephen Bradbury, I feel like. Where have they come from? They've like come from the pack to win. I would never have thought that this would be the number one with the Aussie Vision team. Um, but look, it's a bop. It's a really, really good, um, funky, modern, interesting 
danceable, likable. Like, I just kind of feel like no one would dislike this song. It may not be your favorite, but it, God, it's a good solid entry. And I think it has broad appeal. And I think that's why it's come first. I really, really like this. Um, there's something, I mean, and and sort of brand Germany for most of the 2010s has been to pick radio safe-ish kind of stuff that has generally fallen into no man's land of of voting, hence why they've generally been dreadful. Well, they're either really good or really wrong. Look, Michael Schulter, good radio song. Then you'd have A Perfect Life. Yeah, exactly, which wasn't a bad song, but yeah. just didn't resonate with anybody. Somehow, they hit the bullseye. Where did this come from? <laughs> absolutely hit the bullseye with this. And maybe it was the change of selection process that they did because they realised people that were voting in their national final aren't actually voting in Eurovision. So therefore, let's narrow it down. Very German in their engineering oh, no. thinking. Yeah. You know, Let's narrow this down till we get the right one. And they did it. This has got great pop sensibility. You're right. It's got the funk. It's got the modern. And the production, I mm. think, is fantastic. It is a symphonic song. And sometimes, you know, we, we've been a little critical of them. But they've got it right. They knew exactly when to pump up the bass on that song mm. and when to give it a bit of time to breathe. There's something about mm. this that just hits you. It's so good. I would never have guessed this to be a symphonic song. I mm. honestly wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I really wouldn't have so picked this to be it's it. It's got far too much soul. <laughs> yeah, well, no, yeah, exactly. Because I think that's what it is. It's really well produced. I think it's the most expensive sounding song to come out of Germany in a very long time. Mm. And one of the most expensive sounding songs this year. Sounds like they made an effort this year, Germany. <laughs> I mean, I Surprisingly. think they do, but I think they went to that next level. Mm. And they've got a really interesting um, voice there, which Gabby as well, in that almost falsetto uh, it tone. Is. It's definitely higher range, which is which works because it's that throwback to that 70s disco kind of style yes with that kind of more modern funk style like it's really an interesting mix it really is and one that they knock it on the head this could come across as dinky and horrible i.e. Austria (laughs) (laughs) or you could do it really really well like this now I think there would have been challenges Dale oh don't get me wrong yeah (laughs) I think I think in in order to perform this live would have been and nail it. I mean, you could perform it live, but whether you nail it or not is a different thing. Particularly as I would have expected movement from the yes, performer. I the would have expected dancing. I would have expected a stage show to get this across in its full oomph. Uh, and that would have been a challenge. That would have been a challenge. But, oof, God, it's good. I have to agree. Right. How did this get to number one? Let's Because I reckon there'll be some surprise people here that we've voted this as number one Germany. So let's have a look. We've had two. We've had a range from first to twenty seventh, so down to twenty seventh. But we've had a first, a first, a second, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, and a tenth. So a lot of points mm-hmm. in that top ten there. Good stuff. Seven in the top ten, just behind Australia there, but a lot in the teens. So we're going to hear from some of the people who ranked it number one. Um, we'll start with Guy. I think they've nailed everything about this entry. In a year that I personally have gravitated more towards the slower songs, this has been my bop of 2020. Symphonics International wrote a great contemporary song and I think they found the perfect performer for it and the combination has made what I reckon is the best party song this year. I really love the funk elements in it, the disco style guitar licks in the verses 
and with some of the hooks in the vocal it makes me feel like I'd also love to hear it in a full disco remix. Uh, the production on it though is perfect, it sounds very now. Somebody like Years and Years or a number of the big pop stars at the moment could bring this out tomorrow and have a huge radio hit around the world. Ben seems to sing it pretty well live as well in the few snippets that have come out, so I reckon this would have rocked at the contest. Yes, Guy, it's a bop. (laughs) (laughs) And I totally agree with you. And he's got it right, and I think it works for Australians. It's party, it's funk, it's disco, but it all kind of works, and that production just brings it all together. It's very now, and I really like it. I really, really like it. Right, well, on the on the downside, um, look, we had 23rd from Ruby. She says, it's a well-written, good pop song. Um, she sees limited staging options, and she thinks it's only an audio song. So she started to kind of think on that live factor and mm-hmm. gone, you know what, dropping down the rankings for me. And that comes into people's minds. Some people rank on studio. Some people rank in how it would be perceived. Mm-hmm. It's a personal thing. Ali was the 27th on this one. So she's been, well, she's been dogging a few songs tonight, hasn't she, old Ali? Um, she, gets, she doesn't mind it, but she finds it too radio friendly. So it's she's had. Too, it's too pleasant. It's too contemporary and radio friendly. No, true. I know. But no, she has been consistent in this throughout. Fair enough. Ali goes to Euro, watches Eurovision because she wants something different. She wants to hear songs from the nations she wants to grab onto that and that's why her rankings seem very different and so i think that's why i like the diversity that she brings to that i think um it's a different take on it um i don't necessarily agree but that's a different take on the matters Fair anyway enough. let's go to your ranking michael um well look as much as i've just been gushing about this it's not perfect i mean lyrically it's ludicrous <laughs> sometimes i don't think i really listen to the lyrics <laughs> such a violent thing i don't even know what that is oh, I, don't know. I always look at one of my cats which is quite scratchy and bitey and i <laughs> keep singing to her you're a violent thing quite appropriate <laughs> but look um dale this was my number one song for the year, and yeah. I cannot believe... Well, I've worked it out. I am giving Germany number one this I know. year. But I found myself listening to this song. I seek this song out. I remember particularly when we were doing the rankings, you were obsessed with oh, this. love it. I think it was that first... And we were always, this was done like a mu- over a month ago, and mm-hmm. we've got to remember that first instinct. Because do you think you'd still rank it one now? Yes, Oh, Oh, maybe. I mean, I'm always fluctuating between this and Italy. Fair enough. But this is the sort of thing, if I'm walking home from work on Spotify, yeah, give me a bit of What are you doing outside? You should be isolating. (laughs) I was wearing a mask. I was wearing a mask. Um, You know, it's the sort of thing I'll be like, yeah, give me Germany first and then shuffle for the rest because I want my little hit. I want my hit, you know. You want your hit of Ben Dolich. Fair enough. (laughs) Look, for me, this is, look, this is really, really good. I remember... I didn't listen to it straight away when it came out and everyone was like losing their mind over it. I'm like, all right, let's, here we go, Germany, whatever. And I was shook because it was so different. And people bring up things like Michael Jackson and Justin Timberlake. And there's that. There is in that. that. It's in that ilk, but he still manages to make it his own. Mm-hmm. I definitely share the concerns about how this would have translated live with movement, but... I'm only voting from what I've got here, and I will never take something away from people yep. until I see it actually happen. I've never seen him perform. He might have come out and absolutely smashed. If he it, nailed knows, this, this yeah. would have done really well. Um, for me, it's seventh place overall, so it's made my ten. I'm surprised this isn't ten, my top ten. It beat a lot of good songs. Yeah, true. Um, even so bunch, even bunch. Really, yeah. really, really good, solid song from Germany. 
Um, wouldn't say I'm definitely surprised it's our winner overall, but that is a jury ranking system, and it's produced a win for Germany. Good stuff. Good to hear because you know the poor old Germans they get a bit beaten up occasionally about Eurovision, and I don't think it's ever a lack of effort from Germany. I think it's just maybe just maybe picked the wrong thing or something or just didn't have the quiet. There's always one element missing from Germany for me, yeah. and I think this year they got it right, completely it just, right. We always forget in the 2010s, for as many bad songs I had, they had great ones mm, too. Absolutely. They Lena, yeah. they had Standing Still, they had Michael Schulter, and good results, maybe not great songs. They had Ghost in 2016. That was it? horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they'd, either, they'd either get it really right Mm-hmm. Or they get it really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's kind of their thing. That's their mm-hmm. technique. Yeah. Um, but there we go. That's Germany, our winner. Germany is our winner, ladies and gentlemen. For the Aussie Vision team. It's good to see Sweden or Australia didn't win, though. <laughs> oh, I know. But they were close in the end, weren't <laughs> they? Second and third. <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Germany correct. is our winner. We cannot deny it. Congratulations. Yes. A really solid winner. And it's something very different. I don't know how you say congratulations in German. I don't know. <laughs> but um, anyway, Duncan Sean for yes. um, joining us. I can at least say thank you very much um, for joining us for the last um, five episodes of this. We will be doing a couple of episodes uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks because there's lots of great um, shows on and yes. we'll do a season finale as well. So much coming up in the next week or so, which obviously was due to be the Eurovision. So it's great to see so many fans contests and so many fans coming together. So lots to talk about in the next couple of weeks. Indeed. All right. Well, stay safe and see you later. Dankeschön.